Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, a very exciting pod, I'm thrilled to say we have Leah Sullivan, the founder of TaskRabbit and general partner at Fuel Capital, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Leah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm excited to have you. Are you ready to dive in? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Bets Recruiting. Hell yeah, you heard that right. It's a summer Bets blockbuster, baby. The return of Bets Recruiting. Two bets, two furious. Tagline, this time all bets are on. I'm so happy to have Bets Recruiting back as a sponsor of Non-Technical. Not only is Bets Recruiting the only recruiting firm by recruiters for recruiters, but they've been trusted for more than a decade to build out sales, marketing, and customer success teams. More than a decade. Name one company that's been around for more than a decade. That's right. It's Bets Recruiting. In that time, Bets has partnered with thousands of tech companies, helped build 30-plus unicorns, and supported tens of thousands of people along their career trajectory. If you're hiring go-to-market talent or you are go-to-market talent, check out betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. I bet you won't be disappointed. Bets, you can have that catchphrase if you want. That one's on the house. So some professional context on Leah for our listeners. Leah Sullivan is the founder of TaskRabbit and general partner at Fuel Capital, where she invests in early stage companies across consumer technology, hardware, education, marketplaces, and retail. She's passionate about supporting teams who are taking on world-changing ideas. Leah relates so well to founders because she is one herself. She created one of the most widely recognized consumer brands of the past decade with TaskRabbit. As TaskRabbit's CEO for eight years, Leah scaled the company to 44 cities and raised more than $50 million. In 2016, Leah transitioned into the role of executive chairwoman, and in 2017, TaskRabbit was acquired by IKEA. Leah has spoken at the World Economic Forum and Tina Brown's Women in the World Summit and has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Wired, and Time. She has also been named one of the 100 most creative people in business by Fast Company. Leah Sullivan, welcome to Non-Technical. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. This is such a delight. We were introduced through a mutual friend, Chris Hutchins. Love Chris. He's amazing. Love Chris. Love was texting Chris this morning. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had lunch with him a couple weeks ago and he was giving me all of his crypto web three tips. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all good. I love Chris. That's good. He's the only one. How else would you ever hear or talk about web three and crypto? <laughs> right. He, he is my go-to guy. My exactly. Go-to. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Leah, I'm so happy to have you here today. I want to start by asking you this. How did you spend your last day off? Oh my goodness. Literally, we just flew yesterday mm-hmm. from Disney World in Florida. <gasps> we have three kids that we took there for almost a week. It was insane. Wow. Really insane. But we had the best time. So I, I took a few days off and rode all the roller coasters with them. What was your favorite ride? I'm a big Star Wars fan. Like oh, really? Very, I am. Yeah, a very okay. big Star Wars fan. I know all the movies, particularly the originals. You could ask me like, in this scene, this happened. I like. I'll know which movie it was. All really? It. Yes. Wow. Okay. Amazing. I loved the Galaxy's Edge world that they have, okay. and they have this new ride called Rise of the Resistance. 
Okay. It is mind blowing. I mean, it is totally insane. It is like no ride I've ever experienced before. And it's 18 minutes long. It's 18 minutes long? 18 <laughs> minutes long. That's really long for a ride, right? Yes. It, I mean, <laughs> yes, it's so long. And it, it's in three parts and it's very elaborate. And they have actors that are part of it and they interrogate you. And no then way. At the end, you get in this cart on a track, you know, and it's like more of a traditional ride with a drop. Sure. And it's so much, I mean, it was so much fun. So much fun. That's amazing. They only, they only let you ride it one time a day. You can't go back and ride it again. Wow. Okay. That sounds incredible. Is it at all frightening? Are you someone that gets scared of rides like that? I, I actually, I don't enjoy traditional roller coasters. Yeah. Um, like loop-de-loops and yeah, the, Oh my stuff. God. The loop-de-loops. I've only been on one with my daughter who's eight and she's crazy and she made me do it. <laughs> and I, I don't think I'll ever do it again. It's terrible. <laughs> but I, I like those sort of interactive experiences. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely, the way you described Rise of the Resistance, I, even as someone that doesn't know a ton about Star Wars, sounds yeah. like I would still totally love it. I'm so glad you don't know a ton about Star Wars because when I said it, I'm like, oh my God, she's going to quiz me. She's going to test me now. She's going to be like, okay, in movie three, (laughs) what did Yoda say? (laughs) Leah, you could tell me any fact about Star Wars you wanted and I'd be like, 100%. Yep, that's right. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. I have like the commoner's Star Wars knowledge. You know what I mean? Like I know what a Wookiee is. I know who Chewbacca is. I know the complicated interpersonal dynamics between Leia and Luke. But past that, I there's not much I can do. Okay. Okay. Well, there's a lot you can. There's a lot to dig into there. So maybe one day I'll sit down and I'll watch all of them. I think that would actually be very fun. It would be fun. You should look up online though how to do it because there's an order. Like seriously. Yeah, there's an order. And you probably don't want to do it in the order of the actual movies, like the prequels, originals, and sequels. Oh, really? Yeah, no. You want to look it up, and you might want to start with the originals and then go back to the prequels. There's like a whole thing. You got to research. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that pro tip. I owned the first three on VHS because I think my dad did. So those are the ones that I've seen so far. But if I ever go back and do the rest, I'm going to look that up. That's truly incredible. Leah, what is the most memorable gift you've ever received or given? Okay. So my husband is the sweetest man in the world. And amazing. he just is. For our first anniversary, which traditionally is paper. Yeah. 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 He handed me this, this box, this chest, and he, he literally handed to me and he's like, I'm going to play tennis. I'll see you in a little bit. This is your gift. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So as he's gone for a couple hours playing tennis, I open the box. And he had gotten every single person that came to our wedding oh my God. to write a note about me or something they remember from the wedding or something oh on paper. Oh my God. And then he hand cut out all of the photos from the wedding and pasted them to the paper. Like, so I have photos from every person that came to our wedding with a special note from them on our first anniversary. And he put all of the photos and the notes in the box. And I was like, how long did this take you to Seriously? create? I mean, it was, ama- it was amazing. I don't think it'll ever be topped. It was incredible. He did kind of set the bar pretty high on year one. Yeah, he did. I don't even remember what I got him for that. <laughs> it was not nothing in comparison. Yes. Wow. That is such a good gift. Yeah, it is. That's incredible. 
I can only think of stationery, which is very boring, I guess. Stationery, a card, paper. I mean, I don't know. Paper plates. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. You don't remember what you got him? No, I don't even remember. I know I got him a card. Sure. Yeah, no, I don't remember. I was so blinded by I was just going to (laughs) say, I would be too. Yeah, yeah. Is there a song that whenever you hear it takes you back in time? Well, actually, our wedding song is the song Home. Oh, by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros? Yes. And I love that song. And it's got this like sort of old twangy vibe to Mm -hmm. it. And it's so funny. I was just reading Lori Siegel's book. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's a journalist, you know, who was at CNN and she wrote Mm -hmm. a memoir. And I love Lori. I met her early on in my career. And she talks about in that book, too, how that is one of her favorite songs. And it's just such a great song. So that always kind of just takes me back. I love that song. Oh, absolutely. It definitely has kind of that like sort of old school twang to it. Did you pick it because it had a special meaning to you both or was it just a song you really loved? Yeah, it's so funny. We were trying to, we love dancing and we were trying Mm -hmm. to find a song for our first dance that was upbeat enough because Mm -hmm. we like to kind of swing dance. Okay. We're not like the slow, waltzy, you know, dance type of people. Like we like, like my husband would love to like flip me up in the air and do all kinds (laughs) of Yeah, crazy thing. So we had to like find a song that was upbeat enough to handle our dancing skills. Yeah. So I was at breakfast one day with a friend and it was like literally days before the wedding. We still hadn't picked a song. Oh my gosh. That's really down to the wire, right? It was down to the wire. Were you freaking out? A little bit because we couldn't agree on any songs either. Like, you know, he liked a song. I was like, no. And I liked a song. He was like, no. But then my friend at breakfast said, she's just really good with music. She works at Google. And she was like, what about home? Uh, I honestly hadn't really heard it before. Like it wasn't even on my radar. Really? She played it and I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. And I took it home and I was like, Michael, what do you think? And he loved it too. So I credit her. She found our song for us and it is one of our favorites. Wow. That's the ultimate wedding gift. She gifted you your wedding song. I know. <laughs> Way I better know. than a toaster. So much more, yeah, memorable. <laughs> Though worth noting, I did recently literally buy the toaster off of my friend's wedding registry because I was like, now's the chance. Like, what an iconic wedding gift to give someone. I was very excited. Absolutely. Wow. So you had never heard it before a couple days before the wedding. No yeah. wonder it has that really strong association with that moment. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Have you ever seen them in concert? Have you ever heard it played live? No, I bet that would be so fun. I feel like, I don't know if your husband plans on listening to this episode of the podcast, but if there's a music anniversary, may I say, tickets to see that. Yes. Food for thought. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So what's something that you're really good at that it would surprise most people to learn about you? It's interesting. I think that, well... I grew up as a trained ballerina. I danced for 28 years. Really? Yes. Before I started my company, I was very serious about dance. I even picked what college I went to based on their dance program. Oh. I danced after college in my 20s in shows in Boston. And so that's something that I just love. And people probably may not expect. I don't know. Because people here on the West Coast kind of know me more for building my company and being in tech and... But yes, I still love dance. I love going to the ballet. It is literally my favorite thing. It was the one thing 
during COVID when everything was shut down, yeah. I missed the most was being able to go see the ballet. Wow. Okay. I do think that that would surprise people because I think often, especially in tech, especially with people who are successful in tech, you sort of expect that to be the one thing they've done their whole life, you know, started a lemonade stand at age five. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I wanted to be a ballerina. And I think in the end, I just like, I didn't have what it really took to be mm. a professional. And I also don't think I loved it as much as I needed to, to like take it all. Yes. yes. Because it is a hard life. A dancer's life is a really, really hard life. And you have to just really love it. Yeah. And so I ended up going to college and, you know, getting to do some ballet on the side, but also I ended up majoring in math and computer science and that ended up being <laughs> my, my day job. So there you go. A hard pirouette turn away from the dance. Exactly. Double majoring in that. <laughs> exactly. Leah, you and I kind of have a similar story. I grew up wanting to be an actress and studying acting for a long time. I also picked my college as a way to take acting opportunities on the side, but get what I thought of as a more traditional education. And then I went into tech when I graduated. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. You're such a great actress. You should go back and do it. You'd be incredible. <laughs> well, in a way, you know, now that this is my full-time thing, I get to. Mm-hmm. Life is funny like that. That's a good way to kind of converge the two things. Exactly. I still haven't quite figured out a way to converge ballet with tech, mm. but, you know, I'm working on it. I believe in you, though. If anybody can, it's tech. probably you, honestly, yeah. right? So yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty exciting. <laughs> that would be exciting. What is the tiniest hill you're willing to die on? So something pretty inconsequential that you would really go to bat for. I have a serious, just pet peeve about being on time. Like I feel okay. like five minutes early is on time. And I think on time is being late. Like I yes. just, for myself, I get very anxious if I'm not early for things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if, if people are not on time too, it's like very, it just mm. sets, it sets me off in a bad direction. I totally get that. But I think most people are like very, chill about time. I mean, as long as you're like on time, I'm sure it's fine. But I I feel like if you're on time, like maybe you're not prepared. I don't know. It's crazy. No, it's not. I know a lot of people that feel that way. My dad used to say that apparently my grandfather would say it's better to be an hour early than five minutes late, which when he told me that I was like, okay, my childhood now makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) We arrived very early to many a place. Yes. Well, okay. So that's very interesting. Tell me what happens when you're running late. Oh, I just, it, it's just like such a chaotic, frantic mess. (laughs) Three children. Yeah. Not easy to stay on time. Right. Like this morning I got them up and got them out the door for school. Like every school morning, literally every morning is a frantic, hectic mess. Yes. I just, have to drop them off. They're, they should be there at 8.15. I'm like, mm-hmm. if they are not there by like 8.02, I am like sweating bullets. Really? Yes. Yes. That, but that's like 13. That's a 13 minute buffer. I just want them to have time to like walk in and like get to their desk and like put away their, I don't know. Anyway, yes. so it just is like high anxiety. I'm sure it was okay. not healthy. This, this thing I'm like passing on to my children right now, mm. but it's, Yeah, it's there. I can't control it. Have you always been like that? Or is that something you developed in adulthood? 
Yeah, no, I think I've mostly always been like that. I, I, I enjoy being early. This is the one thing, too. My husband, he, like, does not really share the same oh. appreciation, mm. okay, of being <laughs> early that I yes. do. That was beautiful, by the way. That was masterful. <laughs> particularly shows itself when we have to go to the airport. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. Like, what yeah. time do we leave to go to the airport? Mm-hmm. And there was one time that I let him sort of decide when we sure. were going to leave. Yeah. And it was the biggest mess. It was like a huge mistake because, of course, we hit traffic oh and then God. we had to drop off a rental car and then we oh. couldn't find the right bus to get on. Oh. And then we show up at the ticket counter and they've like already closed the flight and they won't take our luggage. And I'm like no. getting them with three children to let us on the plane. And then we had to run from the ticket counter through security to the gate. And we have like a baby in the stroller. We have oh my our son God. who's like four running. And then we have Amelia who's eight, who's running and like crying. She's like oh my crying. God. No. I'm so scared. We're not going to make the flight. It was horrendous. And so that is really bad. I'm like, never again. You never know again. Yeah. I get to wow. decide when we leave for the airport. He lost airport privileges he for did. sure. He did. And I tried to be flexible and like, yeah, okay, sweetie. Yeah. You mm-hmm. play, you plan when we're going to leave. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So once you said, all right, it's up to you to decide when did you start getting nervous? What was the first sign that you were like, oh no. We hit traffic in the car <laughs> oh and I'm like, this is not going well. And then <laughs> when we get to the rental car drop off and we can't figure out which bus to get on, oh my you know, God. it's just like yes. so stressful. Yeah. Are you the kind of person that tried to stay quiet about your feelings throughout that experience or at the first sign of trouble were you like, <clears throat> we have an issue? Yeah. I, so I tend to feed off of other people's energy. Mm-hmm. And I'll kind of match people's energy. My husband is super calm, very laid back, mm-hmm. very relaxed. And so I I stay calm, laid back, and relaxed, even wow. when I'm like inside ready to explode. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. I think it's good. But I tell you, when we got to the actual airport and the ticket counter was like, no, you can't get on the plane, then yeah. I was like, lost. yeah. I was like, we have to get on this plane. A hundred percent. I've definitely cried while trying to negotiate <laughs> that oh, exact situation. Absolutely. And I had like uh, children crying. I, I can't even. <laughs> so I was like, I have these three children here. They're all crying. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. How early would you prefer to be for like a domestic flight? I'm yeah. I, I like to be through security and have an hour before boarding time. An hour before boarding. Yes. Because Ooh. I want to grab a coffee, a okay. snack. I might use yeah. the restroom a couple times, yeah. like leisure stroll to the yep. gate. That that is that's my jam. Okay. I I feel like we there's definitely a lot of foundation for us to potentially be friends, and I don't want to mess it up <laughs> by telling you <laughs> that my preference is to walk through security and then onto the plane. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that would really stress me out. It's a successful airport trip if I don't have to sit down at the gate. Okay. So we we can be friends. We just can't travel together. That's fine. We could probably meet at a destination though. As long as that's great. That's great. That's all we need. 
<laughs> okay, good. And that's important to know. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. What is the most recent thing or situation, whatever, where you laughed the hardest? Well, I mentioned we were just in Disney World with our kids. <laughs> yeah. We were also there with my sister and her husband and my nephew. Oh, that's so nice. It was so fun. We all had the best time together. My brother-in-law is so funny. He's so funny. Really? And That's he's done awesome. so many funny things on all trip vacations and stuff together. But I think, I mean, in Disney World, we got laughing so hard just from being on all of these crazy rides. And again, I'm not like a roller coaster person, but my yeah. daughter, she makes me do these things. Wow. And I hate it. I'm like screaming at the top <laughs> of my lungs. But then afterwards, you know, it's just so funny. We're just laughing so hard. So, of course. Probably the best thing my brother-in-law has ever done that was so funny on a family trip is we were in Las Vegas. And you know how in Las Vegas they have these people movers? So not the escalator stairs, but you just like oh. stand on the belt. You yeah, know? yeah. Like like they have at the airport. Yeah. Like, like they're in Vegas. Totally. He decided, this was probably 10 years ago. I don't know what came over, but he decided it was during this like planking craze, like people (laughs) in different areas. Yes, (laughs) Yes, we all survived the planking era. Yes. Okay. So he planked on this people mover. (laughs) He was like straight as a board. I have a picture of it. I dug up. Oh my God. It is still makes me laugh so hard. It was just, it was an amazing feat. So anytime we're together as a family, I think we have really funny, fun times. That's so nice. I My favorite things to laugh at are when it just makes no sense or <laughs> they're like the context. There's so much context required for why it's funny. <laughs> Absolutely. There were a lot of those uh, things that happened on this last trip too. So much fun. That's amazing. So aside from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like all your basics, what is something that you couldn't go a day without? I mean, my phone. I like, I can't think of. (laughs) Yeah. I mean. What function does your phone serve that you can't live without? Probably the texting. So Mm. I'm always texting with my sister or friends. We have this, this group of friends. We call ourselves bad moms. We created this group text and it started out as just like funny things that were going wrong with our kids that day. Yeah. But it has actually really turned into like the best support group. Wow. I couldn't live without my bad mom's group text every single day. Yeah. That's, um, that's so sweet. Yeah. God, I love a group text. Yeah, me too. So fun. There's some saying that it's like behind every woman is a group of other women hyping them up via text. And that's literally <laughs> this bad mom's group. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of your closest friends or your friends and family, what three words would they use to describe you? I have been told that I my enthusiasm is contagious. Okay. So enthusiastic? enthusiastic, I think probably optimistic. I'm definitely a glass half full type of person Mm. and super organized. I love organizing chaos. Like that is, it's my superpower organizing chaos. That's amazing. Chaos. And I just will put it in a box and it will be color coded and labeled. Oh my God. And like 
stacked and the box will be clear so you can see everything from outside the box and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Do you want to come to my coat closet and take a look? Because <laughs> oh it's so therapeutic for me to organize. Yeah, it just feels that so is good. Amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. I really like organizing things as stress relief. Like if there's a drawer that's a little chaotic, I it makes me feel better to get it all sorted. And I recently bought a bunch of acrylic boxes that are open on the top. And I just like put them in all these drawers. I have some on my desk. And there's something about containing the mess yes. <laughs> that is very therapeutic. It's so true. It's so true. I, I definitely feel that. I've watched a lot of the home edit and it just, oh. Oh, it's so good on Netflix. These yeah. Should I check that out? Yes. It's so, okay. it's, yeah, it's very fun to watch and it'll give you some good organizational tips and ideas. Yeah. And so you also said, you said optimistic, right? Or glass half full? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where does that come from? Is that something that you've always felt or believed in, or is that something you developed over time? Yeah, I think so. I think I just have always looked, I think, at the bright side or the the positive things or the silver linings. And I mean, I think being an entrepreneur too, you kind of have to be that way because everything is so terrible most of yeah. the <laughs> Everything's always going wrong and you right. have to figure out how to like persevere. Yes. And so I think that's probably just a trait I was born with and has yeah. served me well. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of have to be just like a little bit delusional, just a li- just like a touch yes. to believe that everything is going to work out. But then you also have to be dedicated enough to make sure that it does. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting because I often wonder if people can become more optimistic, can become more positive through changing their behavior or their mindset. Yep. Which I also think is possible. I think it is possible. And it just like anything, I think it probably takes a lot of work and a lot of research mm-hmm. and a lot of thought. But yes, I think that's absolutely possible too. What's your most irrational fear? I really don't like these little tiny roly-poly bugs that my <laughs> They're like the cutest little tiny. I just, they're so yep. creepy. Oh. And they have an inkling that I don't like them, but I try to play it cool. Like it's fine because if they figure out that I'm so terrified of them, mm. they will like torture me. Sure. So yeah, my son's really into collecting these roly polies and I'm like, cool, cool. Uh, Yeah. Put them in this little bin and like, keep them away from mommy. Here I have a tightly sealed acrylic (laughs) box for you. There's a label on it. Yes, exactly. It's going to be a perfect little habitat. Oh yeah. But they're so, they're so creepy. I want to make sure I'm thinking of the right roly poly bugs. How big are they? Are these tiny? They're like, okay. They're like little tiny, the size of like a a power button on your remote. Yeah. Mm. But sometimes the smaller they are, the creepier they are. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you afraid of bugs at large or you just don't like the idea of these? Yeah. I just, uh, I see these around the house a lot is the problem. That's very upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. But in general, I don't really enjoy insects very much. I used to be very afraid of bugs as a kid because I'm from very rural Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And I just used to hate the idea of bugs like being around me, which uh, obviously that I had to grow out of that because I'm from like I lived on a mountain. Right. Yes. How did that work out for you? I think I just got over it at a certain point. And then I actually became the person 
between me and then the person that I was dating, I don't remember how many years ago, like five or six years ago, that was the one that took charge of a cockroach situation. Oh, God. And he like couldn't handle it. And I was like, all right, I'm on it. It's my time to shine. And I think ever since that point, it's like, okay, I can handle it if it's an emergency situation, but I don't want a bug around me otherwise. Yeah. I I don't even know if I could handle it in an emergency, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I I have been in those positions a couple of times and I got to say, it didn't go well. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a mouse in my kitchen right now. And uh, yeah. Not like currently, like I can't see it right now. But a week ago, I looked over to see just the cutest little mouse run across my floor. And I was like, "Ah!" I have no idea what to do. My current plan is that I'm ignoring it. And honestly, that's going great so far. Haven't seen it since. So kind of problem solved. And then I'm going to get a humane trap. Uh, and then release it into the wild, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You should get a cat. Just get a cat. That's what everybody says that people yeah. are like, do you want to borrow my cat? And I'm like, kind of, except then I have a bigger problem, which is that I have to take care of a cat. <laughs> Cats are so easy though. They take care of themselves. They do. Uh, they do. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Have you ever injured yourself in an embarrassing way? I am, despite my love for ballet and dance, I'd yes. say I am slightly clumsy, like just on the everyday, most mundane things. So sure. I can't remember an exact time where I've, you know, gone out of my way to injure myself. <laughs> constantly like stubbing my toe or tripping over yeah. my own feet or all the, like all the time, every day. Is that unusual for someone trained in dance? I think it is. It may be part mm. of the reason why I'm not a professional dancer. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I I feel like I do that stuff all the time. I, I'll, I It's random stuff too. Like I'll get pieces of my clothing like caught on a doorknob and then I'll get like yanked back <laughs> oh, by the yeah. door. And <laughs> Absolutely. Like I'm in the Three Stooges. And I'm yeah. like, this is my real life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. All the time. So if you could pick one social nicety to completely do away with, like saying bless you or holding doors, what would it be? Oh my gosh. One social nicety. Mm-hmm. I actually think people should do more social niceties. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I really like the like holding doors for people. And it's not like a male, female thing either. I think it's just nice when you're totally, I actually had the thought the other day, it was like, I was actually sleeping. I remember I had this dream. Okay. I was going through a drive-through, like a food drive-through, and someone in the car in front of me decided to pay for my meal. Oh, that's really I nice. I paid for the meal behind, you know, and it was like this chain reaction. And I was like, I should do that in real life. That's so nice, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. So no, I like that stuff. We tr- with the kids, you know, they're eight, five, and almost two. We try to like train them to like sit with a napkin on their lap and like mm-hmm. eat with their utensils and clear their plates and like just like the basic polite gestures. Yeah. I think is nice. So yeah, I don't know. yeah. So more social niceties. I think more. Yeah, I, I like love it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that makes a lot of sense. What I like about that take is it would encourage more stranger, stranger interactions. Yeah. And I love those. Yeah, I I do too. I think, you know, it brings back this element of humanity and community Mm -hmm. and like, just, I think it's a nice thing. Yeah. Me too. Is there, uh, actually speaking of, is there a moment or an interaction with a stranger that you still remember? Oh my gosh. I was in a lift 
and my Lyft driver. It was so cool of Lyft, by the way. I, I got an alert before he picked me up. I got a notification on my phone that was just like, hey, just so you know, it's your driver's birthday today. I wish him a happy birthday. Oh my God. Birthday. Isn't that so cool of a company? That's so cool. I yes. Know. And so I got in the car and I was like, I heard it's your birthday. Happy birthday, you know? Oh my God. And he was so touched by the fact that I wished him a happy birthday. We ended up taking a picture together and I posted it on my Instagram or something. And I tagged Lyft because I was so impressed yeah, by them. That is impressive. You know, it was a picture of me and the driver. And it went viral. Like people like that were following Lyft. Wow. Like, so cool. Happy birthday. Like all these people, random people are wishing this oh guy God. a happy birthday. That's amazing. Lyft ended up sending him like a birthday bonus. And then his wife found me on Instagram and was like, I just got to tell you, it was so sweet of you, you know, to post that picture of my husband and you together on his birthday and lift, you know, send him a birthday bonus. And it was oh just my God. the nicest thing. And she's like, it was so helpful, you know, our family. I mean, it was just the sweetest thing. And so sometimes on my Google Home device, that picture comes up of me and this Lyft driver and he's such mm. a sweet guy. And I remember that. It was just such a cool, cool moment. That is really, really incredible. I have chills listening to that, that something as simple as wishing someone a happy birthday or being given the information and opportunity to wish someone a happy birthday could have such a chain reaction. I know. I love that about Lyft. It's the culture and the community mm -hmm. and the brand that they've built is just really focused on being human. And yeah. I just think that's such a positive thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I have so many thoughts that are in the tech world. <laughs> Not that. Okay. What chapter of your life would make for the best movie plot? Oh, a movie plot. Wow. Yes. We're making a movie. It's okay. about your life. Yeah. What chapter should we focus in on? I mean, I think probably the most interesting stuff would be around building TaskRabbit because it was mm. so up and down and dramatic and like yeah. all of these tasks that happened or went wrong. And then, you know, I don't sure. know. Probably that, I would say, is more interesting than my early childhood. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Dancing. Dancing could be interesting. Maybe. I love that. And, you know, we need... Honestly, there are a lot of shows out there right now and movies about, like, the disgraced founder narrative. It would be kind of nice <laughs> to yeah. have one about someone who did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that would not. be cool. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, it probably doesn't drive the eyeballs the disgrace founder narrative does, but yes. I don't know. I think we could make a pretty kick-ass movie about that. Who would play you? You would. You're an actress. You would play me. That would be the best. Oh my God, I'd be honored. Wait, do I have to be a good dancer? Because Leah, we may have, we may have some problems. You can get a body double. It's fine. Maybe okay, I can great. do the dancing part. <gasps> I love that. Yes. Yeah, I love that so much. I, you know, Natalie Portman, before she did Black Swan, did like intensive, intensive ballet training. I would definitely be willing. I'm down. I'm okay. willing to do it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. That sounds so fun. Who should do the soundtrack? Oh, the soundtrack. For this film. Oh, my gosh. My dream would be Lin-Manuel Miranda. Because oh, Rican, my God. And I'm half Puerto Rican. And it's really like genius. Yes. That would be so incredible. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I'm in. Yeah. And Lynn is probably in too, right? I mean, I can't He's imagine. Gotta He's gotta be, yeah. What's he doing? Come on. Yeah, I mean, right. I'm sure just... <laughs> 
<laughs> Copious amounts of free time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some tech movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I've got Moana, I've got Encanto, and then I've got, yeah. you know. It's time to grow. It, it's time to grow the Lynn Manuel Miranda brand. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. And honestly, if we did incorporate a dance element, it kind of would make sense to have a, somebody with a musical theater background to score the film. Yeah. Maybe he'd choreograph too. I mean, I don't know. But, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I want to make this movie. Can we make it? That sounds really fun. Also, if you're very organized, it would make you a good executive producer. Yes. Yes. I could project manage the whole thing. Yeah. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Okay. What is the personality trait that's gotten you into the most trouble? I do have a bit of a temper. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and my family, my dad jokes, it comes from the Puerto Rican side in me. I get, Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I can get a little heated. I can escalate things. I can escalate things that are positive and I can escalate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. Right. You can just, you can turn the volume up. Yeah. I can. For instance, my husband and I were traveling across the country on a plane with the baby recently. And there's this man that was sitting behind us. And he didn't like that the baby like kept popping up to play peekaboo with him. Aww. Yet the woman next to him was playing peekaboo with the baby. Okay. So oh, boy. Like she was oh, driving boy. this behavior. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The man got very angry and he said, can you keep your baby out of my face? <gasps> and I was he like. said that to you? Yes. Yes. And I was, I said, excuse excuse me. And I could, I feel it. Like I feel the heat mm-hmm. inside me rise Yep. and I'm holding the baby. And I'm like, this is a, you know, he's like much larger than me and, you know, older than me. And like, I should not get an altercation with this man on a flight. Like there are probably sure. marshals on the flight. Like it's yeah. not a good place <laughs> to like get in an altercation. I'd agree. I'd agree. But I don't care. I'm like, no. Brilliant. I'm like, I can't believe you told me to get my baby's face out of yours. Yes. So that, you know, those are probably instances where I could use my husband's energy. Like I could draw from mm. him or he just stays so calm. But I tend to, on my own, I can escalate. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. What happened after he said that? Well, we were kind of split up too because we had the way we had booked the flight. And so my husband wasn't sitting with us. And so mm. we had the altercation and I, I basically stomped over to my husband <laughs> seeing the baby. I was like, can you believe this just happened? He's like, okay, mm. would you like me to do something? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I'm just angry. <laughs> So that's, it just ended there. It fizzled. Wow. Did. He, he then actually, he's like, why don't you sit here and I'll go sit, you know, in the seat near this man and with oh the my baby God. and like, I'll keep the peace. And I was like, that is a great idea. Wow. He worked that situation. <laughs> he, that was not his first rodeo. He yeah. knew exactly how to handle it. Yes. Yes. He's like, we're just going to switch seats. It'll be fine. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. That's like having a shock absorber. That's just like here. <laughs> necessary. Sometimes I love necessary. that. Yes. Amazing. Leah, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Bets Recruiting. Grab your popcorn and put your phones on silent because we're just getting started with our summer bets blockbuster. The return of Bets Recruiting. Two bets, two furious. Tagline? This time, all bets are on. If your professional life right now was a movie, what kind of character arc would we be working with? Are you struggling to find the one? And by that, I mean the perfect go-to-market hire. Do you need to take off your glasses and let your hair down in order for the world to see what 
Your resume really has to offer? Or are you simply in search of adventure, curious about the career paths less traveled? Whatever your movie arc, Bet's Recruiting is ready to be your best supporting actor. Or should I say, your Bet's supporting actor. I shouldn't, but I did. If you're hiring go-to-market talent or you are go-to-market talent, check out betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Leah Sullivan, the founder of TaskRabbit and general partner at Fuel Capital. Leah Sullivan, we've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I think I am. I believe that you are. We have arrived at the lightning round. Okay. Okay. First question for you, coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? Black. Me too. Hot or iced? Hot. Yeah, me too as well. All the year, all the year, <laughs> all year long, I mean. <laughs> all year, it doesn't matter. We were in Florida last week. It was 90 degrees. Yeah. I was like, hot coffee. Yes. Wait, same. In, I was just in Austin. It was also 90 degrees. And I also I start the day with a hot coffee. But if I have a second coffee, that one can be iced. Agree. Same. <gasps> yes. I'm, I have one right now. Literally yeah. Cold brew. So good. Honestly, we're going to have a great trip that we take separate flights to. <laughs> You can't wait to figure out where we're going to go. I bet you can't. And I will be there with bells on right on time. Right on time. Do you have a favorite board game? Favorite board game. God, we're playing like a lot of Clue and Scrabble in the house now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do you go through phases like that where there's a family or a house game that comes up again and again? Yes. Yes, we do. The kids get into something The Clue board game was actually driven by, we hosted this murder mystery dinner, which was so much fun. That's awesome. So much fun. And my daughter wanted to be a part of it. She wanted to be the person who was killed at the beginning of the murder. What? Is this the same daughter that takes you on the roller coaster? Yeah, she's insane. She's totally crazy. She's amazing. I like this girl a lot. She's amazing. And so she was part of the, the mystery theater and we all had to like figure out who, you know, murdered her character. And then ever since then, all she wanted to play is Clue. So there you go. Ooh. Do you get any inclination that she wants to be a part of that world professionally, like be a detective or something like that? Or is this just kind of a, ooh, this is fun? She likes the drama of it all. Oh, my God. I like this girl so much, Leah. We vibe. (laughs) She likes the drama. So I think anything that has that sort of drama vibe to it, she's going to be good at. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh my God, this is me as a child. (laughs) I love it. Have you ever read a book twice? I have read a book twice. My favorite book is The Alchemist. Oh, really? Yes, I love that book. I love the story. I feel like it's so magical and so pertinent. And I think when I read it, I see something new in it every time. Cool. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Do you have a pump up song? I remember when I was fundraising and pitching and, you know, raising money for TaskRabbit, I'd always play like, pump up music on my way to Sand Hill Road. Yeah. It was always just like pop, you know, Britney Spears or just like whatever was on the radio. But yes. So like top, like pop hits of the day. Yes, exactly. I would love to be able to just hear the music being played in cars driving (laughs) to raise money on Sand Hill Road. You know what I mean? Like in the same way that you can do like a police radar for how fast someone's going. I would just want to clue into like what song is each car listening to? (laughs) Absolutely. I think that's a good idea. Really good idea. I'm fascinated. Yeah. Yeah. Leah, I'm sad to say this is my last question because it means that our show is over. But what would you title your memoir? So a long time ago, I set up the 
Twitter handle, Instagram handle, everything is lab unleashed. Okay. And it was because I had this hundred pound yellow lab named Kobe, who was the inspiration for TaskRabbit. Oh, I think that would be the title of my memoir, Lab Unleashed. I love that. That's so sweet. I grew up with a yellow lab. Fun fact. Oh, a big one. Yes, his best. name was Biscuit. Truly oh, the best dog ever. So cute. Yes. <laughs> lab Unleashed. I love it. Okay, Leah, thank you so, so much for joining me on Non-Technical. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. This is the best. Where can people find more about you online? You can find me at Lab Unleashed, Twitter, Instagram. Yes. Would love to connect. Amazing. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram or at Non-Technical Pod on Twitter. One more time, Leah, I'm so grateful that Chris connected us. This was so fun. It was really, really fun. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Okay, have a great day, Leah. Bye. All right, bye-bye.